Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome to the best of edition of the Adam Jones podcast presented by the Baltimore Banner. I, of course, am Jerry Coleman. He, of course, is Adam Jones, the five-time MLB All-Star. It is episode number 11. Again, our best of version from 2022 featuring interviews with Trey Mancini, Justin Tucker, and the skipper of the Orioles. His name is Brandon Hyde. In addition, we'll reflect on the top sports moments in Maryland during 2022. A very subjective list, but AJ will react. And despite the holidays, of course, Adam will have something, something to talk about in his rant, his Heckle D's rant. We have a very interesting socially speaking segment. It regards our conversation last week with the former GM of the Orioles, Dan Duquette, and uh, him being the target of batting practice. As always, we are brought to you by our friends at Jack Daniels. There's lots of ways to make whiskey. There's only one way to make Jack Daniels. Make it count, Jack Daniels. Please drink responsibly. By Be More Around Town, they have the ultimate all-inclusive pregame purple tailgate experience before every home game and away game. Spring training trips are coming as our trips to College Park. Head to BeMoreAroundTown.com and learn more. By the good folks at the Wyman Group, much gratitude as always to Dennis Wyman and company and G-Leaf Medical Cannabis. Visit gleaf.com. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. And a reminder, if you're enjoying this podcast as much as we're doing it, the Baltimore Banner has a special. They cover the Ravens, the Terps, the Orioles, and the Baltimore region in terms of news. As a special thanks to our listeners, they're offering six months unlimited digital access for just a buck. All you have to do is head to thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started six months unlimited digital access for one freaking dollar. Get it done. Now, AJ, for our best up, we have some heavy hitters and even a kicker. And uh, again, thanks to Be More Around Town and the Wyman Group for sponsoring our guest segment during this best of episode. We begin with Trey Mancini, your former teammate. We caught up with the World Series winner days after the parade and the celebration of winning the title in Houston and after beating cancer, an amazing story. And just go first off, how you feeling overall before we get into it? How you feeling as, in your personal health? Great. Um, you know, feeling great. Um, you know, obviously like still kind of on a high right now from, from every, you know, thing that happened the last, last few days, but um, feeling great, feeling healthy. Um, you know, thank God, you know, over, over two years now since I finished up chemo and everything. So, um, you know, feel, feeling great in that regard. That's a yeah, blessing, What, what you but... did for Ryan Miner, by the way, was a great thing okay. as well. Yeah, he was a, uh, a huge influence on me. He was my low-A manager, and, um, you know, he was incredible. I just always have loved Ryan and, and was really upset when I heard the news. And, you know, it was especially strange since it was the same disease I had. So I thought that was uh, just, you know, a small way I could honor him. You know, in the playoffs, you know you're going to find your way into the game. If you're on the roster, you are going to find your way into the game somehow. So you just have to stay ready. You can't be thinking about anything else. And unfortunately, Yuli, he stayed in that pickle for a long time um, and and eventually just turned his knee the wrong way and, and couldn't go anymore. Um, and it, it hit us all pretty hard. He had been huge for us in the postseason, but I knew that whole game – you know, I was expecting more to come in a pinch hit situation. I was not expecting to use my glove very much in the playoffs. But, um, you know, sure enough, Yuli, Yuli went down and I had to go in there. And whenever you go into a game like that, the ball is going to find you almost immediately. And Go on two. Fair ball and picked by Mancini. 100%, man. 
100%. Yeah. And, and, and on that play, the only thought process that goes into your head is you have to stay on the line because anything down the line, Segura's running on first base, he's going to score. So that was the Easily. only thought that went into the play. Luckily, everything happened too fast for me to even think. I was basically trying to be like a hockey goalie and keep the ball somewhere in the vicinity where I could at least pick it up and touch the bag. Luckily, I caught it and, um, you know, yeah, made the we play. had some tough years. And then this year, things turned around. You know what? I'm going to admit, it even surprised me. Um, you know, by the time the trade deadline came around, um, you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to get traded or not because we were playing so well. And so many of these young guys um, that are in Baltimore are just so special. Um, that team has got a very bright future ahead of it. But um, yeah, so I end up getting traded and I go to Houston and it's kind of like once again, I'm more like a middle aged guy on the team rather than like the oldest, most tenured guy. Like you said, I'm hitting seventh. Um, and, you know, I've got, you know, guys like Verlander, um, Altuve, Ryan Presley, like Maldonado, you know, guys that have been in this league for so long. Um, and, and yeah, I kind of almost felt like a rookie again, my first couple of days. It was really, it was really weird going from knowing everybody in the organization, being the most tenured person in the organization to, I felt like, you know, I got called up in 2016 all over again when I got traded. So it was really, it was a bizarre um, you know, like bizarre couple of days, but then I fit in like really quickly with them. The guys were absolutely incredible. And like you said, it's, it's, you know, world series or bust there. The situation's the same in Baltimore, as far as, you know, their personnel and fit. Um, I just don't know if I'm like the best fit on that roster anymore. Cause they're going to need, especially, um, you know, they got Monty at first, they're going to need that DH slot for, for Adley when he's not catching and they just have so many young guys coming up that need to play. Um, that, you know, I don't know if it would be the best fit and, and, you know, if not, then that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm always going to be an Oriole. Um, you know, I'll probably always be known as an Oriole and, and, um, just absolutely love my time there. And, and I loved how, how things ended between the organization and I, um, you know, I couldn't have dreamt it being better. You know, uh, what, how do you, how do you, how do you expect free agency to happen? Obviously you, um, you're not 28, you're uh, 31, I believe 31. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, healthy. I'm be 31 so, in March. Yeah, right. So you're gonna play in your 31 year, healthy, and uh, so how do you, how do you, how do you, what, do you have a wish list? I should say, or anything like that. No, I mean no wish list in particular. It's it's something that I haven't given a ton of thought to yet. Just since we were in the playoffs and everything, you know, I felt like there are much bigger fish to fry than um, you know skipping ahead to free agency. But um, yeah, no wish list. No, you know, there's there's certainly nowhere that I wouldn't go. Um, you know, I'm I'm very open to absolutely anything. Adam, it was so great to catch up with Trey after that momentous occasion, but will he wear an Orioles uniform again? Do you think it's doubtful or conceivable? I mean, what's your gut telling you? It's always good to catch up with Trey. Honestly. I mean, I talked to him throughout the season sporadically catch up with him. Um, I highly doubt he will be back in the black and orange because I think there's a lot of different suitors and a lot of different, uh, um, organizations I think he will thrive in also, and I think he'd be a good fit for. Um, the Orioles are moving in a different direction. They're young. Uh, I don't think they need a, a 31-year-old turning 32-year-old. Nothing against age, but uh, they're moving in a completely different direction, and um, I just uh, you know, wish him the best. He got the ring, and that's what matters, yeah. I think, most, and uh, oh, obviously he's healthy and remains that way. We go from baseball to football, and the first active Raven we had on this show was Justin Tucker, the all-pro kicker for the Purple and Black. He joined us, 
and talked about a litany of topics, including one deal he's had for a while now. Adam could have had it himself with the local chain. There was a claim made by my co-host, Adam Jones, that he initially turned down the Royal Farms commercial and that paved the way for you and stardom. I mean, I don't know much about that or what goes on behind the scenes with the uh, the Rofo uh, higher ups, uh, except that I could totally see that being a thing. I mean, Haloti <laughs> Nada to Adam Jones to at one point Joey Rickard and I had a couple of spots. Um, you know, so the the passing of the proverbial fried chicken torch in Baltimore, uh, it, t- it totally makes sense that it would go to another athlete in town. Um, you know, and I'm just I'm just honored that I I ended up uh with said torch it's it's been an honor and i it's it's not one that i take lightly i remember when they first asked me i'm like uh black man selling chicken (laughs) okay i don't know if i could do that i should have did it but at at the time i just didn't want to do anything i wanted to focus on baseball but i should have did it because i love the creativity that's the best part is the creativity one thing you guys do (laughs) have in common is pristine images i mean you both have been in the baltimore sports scene for over a decade now now 10 years for you justin Adam, you've been around for a while as well. And in this age of social media where, you know, people find ways to pick on people in certain ways, your images respectively have uh, remained pretty cool and pretty clear so far. And hopefully I'm not jinxing anyone. Oh, geez. Well, yeah, thanks for saying that, man. Um, I mean, I I really just, you know, I kind of chalked that all up to, you know, just being in a town with a lot of great people, man. Um, and, you know, being supported by, like, you know, for me, my my amazing family, you know, my, my wife and my son. Um, and then just having, like, great teammates and great coaches, you know, like like I said, just, like, great people around, uh, you know, great people around us. Um, and, uh, you know, we also, we, we also recognize that Baltimore is, it's like a smaller sports town. It's a smaller town, but it's a big sports town. Uh, people love their birds, and uh, the love is definitely uh, reciprocated. So, um, yeah, man, I'll leave it at that. All right. On those lines, legacy. Because you're not, you know, you're not three, four years in, five, six. good. No, you are – this is a decade of being pretty damn good. It's hard to say, as you know. Um, you know it, too. You know you're good. Legacy. Uh, I was asked this question as I got a little bit older. And, and I always like was like, yeah, I'm not really thinking about it because I'm still involved with it. And, you know, but now I'm done with it. I, I'm able to think about it and share the moments with my kids and friends about like, oh, that moment was cool because I'm able to sit down and analyze it. Do you sometimes sit back and be like, I, I, I'm pretty damn good. What I'm doing is special. Like you said, you're around a, a great team. You have great the city. Like you said, is, is when, it, when you're winning here, oh, man, it's the best sports town to be in. And no doubt. do you, like, do you no really doubt. think about your legacy at, at this point? Or are you still just riding the wave, which is a pretty damn good wave? I would say, I would say both, um, you know, to, to be, to, to open the, to open the peel back the onion a little bit. Um, yeah, man, I'd be, you know, I, I, just to be perfectly honest. Yeah. You do think about that stuff sometimes, um, you know, but more importantly, like while you're, right in the wave you've got to you know focus on putting one foot in front of the other and all of the other sports cliches that that they're cliches for a reason it's because they are true and they are they do you know serve the athlete well um when they are followed um you know but at the same time i i'm at a point i feel like now where i can i can look back and look forward um you know with a a big smile on my face and a song in my heart about what it means to play you know for the baltimore ravens um, 
And then, you know, the, the one other thing I'll say as far as, you know, thinking about my quote unquote legacy or, you know, like as, as Big Gray would say, like, you know, how have I left my mark? Um, I, I think about, you know, my, my approach to the game may be a little different now than it was uh, 10 years ago, but, you know, it's, it's still put one foot in front of the other, you know, be where your feet are, make, you know, each kick for what it's worth, take them one at a time um, and focus less on being the best and focus on being great. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, when it's all said and done, like at the end of a given football season, the, the, the best team is the one that was able to be consistently good. Uh, and then in the biggest moments, elevate and be great. So, you know, that's where, that's where I feel like I, I'm trying to be. And that's, that's, uh, uh, it's, it's certainly a challenge, but that's where I feel like I'm trying to be now. And a lot of us uh, on this 2022 Ravens team, that's where we're trying to find ourselves. So we can put ourselves in a position down the stretch to not only be competitive, but win, um, you know, and bring back another Lombardi in February. You know, that's, that's where we're at. It is the Adam Jones podcast, Jerry Coleman, Adam Jones, joined by Ravens kicker, Justin Tucker. And, you know, I've heard other people refer to you as the goat. That's a term that goes around a lot these days, whether it be LeBron or Tiger or guys, you know, Tom Brady, I'm kind of comfortable with Tom Brady right now. How comfortable are you with the title? of? And the rest of those are goats, too. I understand. Well, you know. He's a hater. Jerry's a hater. Jordan's a goat. Jack Nicholas is the goat. (laughs) Uh, Tom Brady's the goat. Justin, you're on your way. Are you uncomfortable when people give you that title while you're still playing? The career is not over yet. Uh, You know, I don't know if I would say I'm uncomfortable. I I feel like it's definitely – you know, it's, it's an honor to be in that conversation. I feel like it's a, it's, it's really nice of folks to say. Um, but, you know, as soon as I, I feel like it's a tale as old as time, as soon as you start actually thinking you're sweet and you start believing it, and then you start talking about yourself in a way that, you know, is out of pocket, then that's when stuff kind of gets like a little, you know, a little crazy on the field for a guy or on the court. So, um, you know, I, I, it, it, sometimes it can be a little bit more difficult than other times to, you know, like rein it in and, you know, you know, do that whole take it one kick at a time thing and, you know, just focus on the task at hand when sometimes, you know, I mean, like NFL football is so big, uh, you know, and there's such a huge audience uh, like for, I mean, a preseason game for, for goodness sakes is, is commanding like a multi-million, you know, person audience, um, you know, and that's on par with like, you know, game six or seven of the Stanley Cup finals, you know, not to say hockey isn't incredible. Um, it's just that football in the United States is huge. So, um, you know, having having that attention and having those eyes and then, um, you know, being on the receiving end of the positive remarks and the accolades and, and the individual honors, that's all good and well. That's really, really fun. But, you know, what what I think should drive the, and, I, and I think what does drive the greatest athletes that have that have done it in their respective sports is, you know, being great and winning championships. Well, Adam, that was a lot of fun as well, catching up with Tucker. Uh, this guy obviously is on his way to being the greatest of all time. You could tell I was a little bit, you know, tentative in declaring that already, but can't wait to see how his career plays out. I mean, Markham Down is the greatest of all time. 
Um, obviously, there's years to still be played. He still wants to play until, you know, he's into his 40s like Vinatieri and other, other kickers have. So there's still a lot of time to be to be had on his resume. But as of right now, I mean, there's, there's nothing that's stopping him except uh, a bad hold and a bad uh, snap. So uh, we just wish him the best and continue to kick the best field goals for the Ravens. All right. Moving along, Orioles skipper Brandon Hyde was runner-up for American League Manager of the Year. He joined the podcast just a few weeks ago from sunny Sarasota and talked about, well, getting upset with an umpire and the way things went down when he got tossed. So here comes Brandon Hyde, and he just got thrown out of the game. He said, don't come out. Brandon j- didn't say anything. He took a couple steps, and he threw him out of the game. Now, this is crazy. Couldn't you question information? You don't... Yeah, he just wants yeah. an explanation. Was, I, I don't even think he was arguing. Let's bring in the manager of the Baltimore Orioles. He is Brandon Hyde. We bring him in with a bang there. Skip, how you doing? Happy Thanksgiving to you. You just got my blood going again. With Ron Copa right there on that. <laughs> Copa gets the ass, man. He gets the ass. That's the thing. There's though, a history that, between you two. No, me and Copa are good, actually. He, he uh, kind of apologized a little bit after the fact <laughs> because he threw me out for something that I was just, I wasn't going to argue the replay. I was going out to, to, to check on runners or something. And he just tossed me right away, thinking I was coming out to argue. And then when I told him what I was doing, he, he kind of said, like, my bad. Yeah, no, the, I am involved in the um, in the free agent process from the standpoint of, of you know, our, our pro scouting group in our front office identifies players that they think are fits, and then Mike will will send me a text or call me, hey, what do you what do you think about this guy? Um, and then I'll be involved in the conversations with potential free agents also. That's just starting now. So my involvement will be um, – you know, giving my opinions a little bit to Mike on, on, on certain guys. If I have history, if not, I've, I've put a lot of trust into our front office and finding guys like Jordan Lyles. What a great find last year and exceeded expectations and was worth everything, um, just what, what he did. So I'm putting a lot of trust in those guys. And the, I mean, I'm not involved in the budget or how much we're going to spend or who what we're going to get somebody for. Um, but Mike will a lot, a lot of times ask me, is this guy a good fit in our clubhouse? Have you heard good things about him? Um, you saw him in Chicago. What 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 do you got? Um, so those those type of conversations, and then from a personal level, I'll get involved with um, with the player a little bit, and and uh, you know have a discussion and talk and answer any questions they may have uh, about me, you know, about our club and about us going forward. And the big difference in the four years is the size, the size, the physicality of our guys. Um, my first year here, I felt like there was a you know we weren't very guys that would come over from minor league camp not very physical, but now, you know, you look around our weight room or you look at uh, the guys, the young guys coming up I mean, Rushman's big and super and super yeah. strong. Kowser is six, four and super strong. Uh, Kierstadt is big with big legs, huge power. Um, Gunnar Henderson is like still growing. He's uh, from what he yeah. was two years ago to what he is now. When I saw him in spring training last year, I was like, Oh my God, this guy is a house. And then on top of that, they're all able to run too. Um, so just the athleticism as well as the size, which as you know, plays in the big leagues. You got to be strong. You got to be strong. You got to be fast. You got to be one or the other. And if you're both, then you got a chance to be really good. So, um, you know, the teams in our division, these, these aren't small dudes. These, these aren't weak players. They're, 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 they're strong, athletic. And, and uh, so that's been fun to watch. This baseball family is crazy. It's it's crazy. But 
Uh, Hyder, first off, congratulations on a fantastic year. Uh, second place in the manager of the year. Um, obviously, I thought you know, it was a little biased. I thought you should have won it. Um, but Tito is obviously great, too. But I just wanted to jump in here you know, and just talk about the last four years because you you got thrown into a fire. So this just be call it what it is. And look at what it is now. It is beautiful. It is something to aspire. It's something to you know, watch. We're all watching uh, the growth. Uh, just take us down, you know, the last four years, really. Well, like you said, I mean, there was um, that, that first year was kind of a blur, honestly. <laughs> um, uh, you know, me and Mike got this job really late. And so I, I think it was around the end of, end of December. Um, so imagine right now not even having a manager or GM going into the off season. You're uh, and just how late you are, free agent wise, et cetera. And, um, you know, Mike kind of was really honest with me in the interview process of, of what this was going to was going to happen, which was pretty much that we were going to redo everything and start some start some departments that weren't developed at that point with from analytics side and international um, and kind of start over from that end. And, and it was just going to take a little while. Uh, so the first few years were obviously, obviously rough, uh, but I, I got some I great coaches around me, uh, formed some great relationships with players. That's what means the most to me, honestly, is is uh, how, you know, players feel about me and, and the coaching staff and the environment we create. Cause if we, then we get good players and we create, have this good environment, all of a sudden you're going to start winning ball games, as you know. And, and so um, I feel like we've done, the, we did the best we could those few years, honestly, with some weird year, you know, weird stuff happening in those three years too, with COVID and uh, man, losing Mancini. And, and um, there's just a lot of things that happened, honestly, that was uh, something stuff that we had never dealt with before. And, and, uh, uh, you know, all of a sudden this year we got more talented. And, and uh, so Mike's drafted well, and and uh, we've done a nice job on the waiver wire. Uh, and that's been a huge thing for us is, is the pretty much our whole bullpen, which was the backbone of our team last year, was almost all waiver wire guys and guys to get opportunities. So uh, we've done a nice job of acquiring, and we're looking forward to to continuing uh, to, get, to continue to get more talented. We're probably going to be even younger next year possibly. Um, but I think we're going to be a fun team to watch and, and uh, hope we make a run at it. Adam, as far as being the runner-up for manager of the year, just an honor to be nominated, but to finish second, I mean, that's unbelievable. A 31-game turnaround. We'll talk more about that a little later in this podcast. But still, nothing to be ashamed about being second in the voting. And uh, we did see uh, that he could get angry at times as well. I don't know how many times you got thrown out of games. Ain't nothing wrong with getting frustrated, but, I, I mean, he finished second. And, I, I mean – Deservingly so, you could have he could have easily won it, but I always feel awards go to playoff teams, and the team was the Orioles were just right there. The Guardians just snuck she just snuck in, um, so that's why Tito got it. But Brandon, I mean, nothing but the utmost respect for what he's doing with this organization, what he's doing with this team, and uh, the impact that he's really having on the city. He doesn't understand that the fans really, really love him, and he fits the mold of the city. He he's a rugged. Uh, style manager, and as you know, playing in Baltimore and covering Baltimore all these years, that's what the fan base loves. They like a rugged, hard-nosed type uh, player and manager. They definitely have embraced him in 2023. Hopefully he will be manager of the year. All right, Adam, some really enlightening conversations we had with a number of our guests already. Some very big names are already lined up, so stay tuned. Uh, we got guys like Eric DaCosta and Barry Levinson and a few other names that I'm not going to drop because, well, it's a secret. 
but they're going to be on this Adam Jones podcast coming up in 2023. All right, our For the Birds segment is presented by Be More Around Town. They have the ultimate all-inclusive pregame purple tailgate experience before every home and away game. Head to bemoreroundtown.com. They also have trips to the Terps, the Caps games, as well as spring training in Sarasota. What a trip that is down to Sarasota. bemoreroundtown.com. These are first-class trips that Brian and company put together. So for this portion, we're going to reflect on what I listed. And again, it's a subjective list of what I feel were the top five sports moments, mostly Baltimore-centric, but it's Maryland sports moments in 2022. And we're going to go, I wanted to go one through five, but I was told during our production meeting, I'm an idiot for doing that, and I should be going five through one. So uh, it seemed like a consensus that I was voted an idiot. So I will go five through one. Uh, You were the lead voter, but Reggie, Chip, Jackson, all, uh, they all, you know, that. yeah, I was voted against. So for me, the number five moment in Baltimore slash Maryland sports in 2022 was the arrival of Kevin Willard at the University of Maryland, taking over the basketball program from Mark Turchin, who quit on his kids a year ago. Danny Manning had to come in in the middle of the season as an interim coach, was put in a very difficult position. There needed to be a dawn of a new era. And that's what it is in College Park with Kevin Willard, who comes after being so successful at other stops. He replaced Turgeon back in December. And uh, actually, he came over uh, uh, in 2022 after Turgeon had quit in December. The Terps took their time in finding the right guy. And he seems to have Maryland basketball on the right track. Do you ever think a coach really quits? Or is there a mutual agreement? And it's the proper way to say you know, quit. It's, it's paperwork. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. you know, it's saving, saving ass in a way. Um, but no, what Willard's doing right now, he's, he's just implemented a, just a force on the defensive end and trying to score the ball and not trying to be like University of Virginia where he just, you just average 43 points a game, but you give up 38. Such the worst play style of play. But um, no, it, it's great. I know they've been in a, a little bit of funk so a couple teams have after a, fresh, a really hot start, but Hey, I think going forward, this program is looking very bright. And I think a lot of people in Maryland right now are really in College Park are really excited for the uh, the future of this team. He brings a very successful track record to Maryland basketball. And again, they seem to be off to a very nice start and hopefully it will continue. And again, it's a change in what we have seen in the past with Turgeon, who seemed to criticize his players too much for my taste. So he got paid. That's why he's not coaching again. And uh, what you said at the top uh, rings true. Uh, I think, you know, it was uh, it was time for a mutual parting of the ways. All right, number like four. Ed, oh, go ahead. Remember, remember what Ed Erzeron said? He was like, hey, they told me I'm a, they're going to give me $17 million to, to leave. Where's the door? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what Erzeron said. Game. Show me the door and show me the show money. Me the door. Just, get, just make sure that check clear. I don't care. I'm out. I'm going to be fishing. Speaking of showing me the money, it brings us to number four on my subjective list. Maryland finally approving sports wagering. This has been a game changer, uh, especially for me, a degenerate yeah. like me, in terms of lifestyles, the way people follow sports events, in my opinion, how it's reached new levels now with more mobile wagering could lead to a lot of people losing money. If they get irresponsible, I will certainly uh, 
help benefit the state's coffers because they are making millions upon millions. It's just a shame, like most things in this state, it took too long to approve twice. The first time around gambling, the second time around mobile wagering, but it has been a game changer. I know you occasionally appear in Maryland, but I must tell you that uh, it is being talked about religiously. And it's sort of like politics time. You can't turn on the TV here without seeing an ad for some gambling corporation. Right. I mean, I know it took its time. Obviously, that's a whole different debate. That's all political and on a completely different scale. But I know a lot of people that do do sports betting yourself and uh, many other people that I do know. It's it's a lot better. You don't have to drive all the way down. You don't have to go uh, downtown. You don't have to go all the way up to the PA line. Um, and it's going to generate money. At the end of the day, that the, that's the name of the thing is generation of money. Um but the biggest thing is how, where are these funds going to go? Are these funds going to go back into the school and infrastructure to build a better Maryland? Who knows? I'm not into that. That's the bigger conversation. But um, I just hope that that money, it's same with the marijuana money as, as uh, it's become uh, recreational. That, that Starting in just, July, right? In July. Just that, that, hopefully that money is just used to be funneled back into the, into the state because it's going to be a lot of people doing it. There's going to be a lot of people gambling. There's going to be a lot of people smoking. So hopefully a lot of that, that tax money can just be used for uh, better infrastructure. Yeah, for the right things. I think we agree right. with that. And Still on the topic of money, my number three top moment, again, subjective in Maryland, Baltimore sports in 2022 was Lamar Jackson failing to get a long-term contract. It was kind of a mutual decision. Lamar set a deadline to the start of the season. We all know that he is representing himself. We all know I feel that's a mistake, but there is no deal done. I don't know if he's done anything to help improve his stance for the offseason coming up. In my opinion, I think they franchise this guy. The Ravens love that he doesn't have an agent. You better believe behind the scenes they love he doesn't have an agent, that they get to deal with him directly. So this drama, I think, will continue well into 2023, AJ. Well, I mean, the plan was uh, to franchise him anyway. Um, two years of franchising at uh, what mid mid forties? Do you agree um, with that? Probably was going to get anyway. Uh, then before he hits the market, um, it, it's you know I, I look at the, I'm, I'm a person that took months. I took security over the risk, um, and you know especially how the season's going in terms of personal health, <sighs> a little risky. But at the same time, uh, I just think the talent is always there. And he'll end up getting his money. It's just that uh, in a couple of years, it possibly could be in a new uniform. And I think that might be more of a reality than uh, people might want to really, uh, really talk about. Just like we were talking about with uh, with Big Fella. He said that, uh, you know, Trevor Price said, what if he's out? You never and people don't want to think about that because no. he's my quarterback. He's going to be here forever. A lot of people yeah. play for two, for two to three different teams. You don't want to lose the first round draft pick, no. But you don't want to right. overpay him either, so we'll see how this plays out. It'll be fascinating. Also, right. Adley Rushman's Major League debut. Now, I was a bit baffled at the timing of it. I have to be honest. I don't know if you recall this, but they promoted him on the day of the Preakness. The morning of the Preakness, I uh -huh. get a release saying, okay, Adley Rushman's making his Major League debut tonight as, you know, the Preakness wasn't as filled as it has been in the past, but a lot of people right. had made their plans. I think they only drew about 15,000 to Camden Yards. The kid did triple in his Major League debut. 
and uh, led the team in a number of categories, including on-base percentage, was second in Rookie of the Year balloting, and the best is yet to come for the Orioles' backstop, AJ. Um, I, I just think the day he got called up was just – it was just a lightning in a bottle. Um, you can tell by – we talk about leadership. He has every quality of it, uh, especially coming from the college ranks. He stepped right in. You can see how he stepped right in the professional ball and just dominated it, and not just dominated on the field between the lines, but cerebrally. And he's a very smart kid. And he's a man. And, um, you know, the, the, what the beautiful part about, about playing a sport is that or anything that you do successful is you got to repeat it. And uh, I'm looking forward to a lot of those guys who got those, got the collar, got the cup of tea, got a big spark plug. And I'm looking forward to them now going to be lucky. You're starting opening day. You're going to walk down that, uh, that orange carpet. Don't trip. And let's see what you got from day one. Not coming in, filling in. Let's see what you got from day one. I love when the kids show up. The kids are always welcome in the podcast. <laughs> now, number one for me, the number one sports moment in 2022 was the Orioles turnaround, turnaround, excuse me, a 31 game turnaround, Adam, for a team many predicted, including me, would win maybe 60 games this year and finish last in the AL East. I did right. not see this train coming down the tracks as quickly as it did. It was remarkable. Uh, again, all the so-called experts, including me, uh, I'm happy I was completely wrong. And what a great job Brandon Hyde did this past season, as we talked about earlier with him. I always say projections, people that make projections, you know, they're asses. To us players, to the players, we're like, yeah, you're a Thank you. You think that we're going to just, you know, that's how you think we're going to. But at the end of the day, you're taking the data. You're using, you, you have a, I mean, you have a pretty thoughtful objective and idea and opinion about what's going on based on, what the hell's going on? That's your job. It's your job to, to analyze what's going on and write about it. Um, but as players, we always look at that and be like, man, forget y'all. Y'all thinking we just suck and all that stuff. And, you know, they overexceed. They, they, they just overexceeded expectations. But they overexceeded your expectations. In that clubhouse, they felt that they could win every game. And that's the difference. And you've been in the clubhouse. You was there in 2012. You were there in – I mean, you was there in the, in the 90s. I believe you were there in the 90s when you seen yes, – I was. And then you seen all the just ass teams. Ooh, we were terrible. Uh, before me. And then when I got there, we were bad. And then you seen when that change of when we started winning in 2012, we started winning those 1-1 one -one games. We started winning those nail biters. We started getting that big hit. We started doing a small thing. We started making a defensive play. Now, were we on paper more talented than the other team? Hell no. Not one year I played in Baltimore, we were more talented than the Yankees or the Red Sox or something like that, just because they have bigger payrolls and they're going to go get the biggest names and all that kind of stuff. But we beat people in a lot of things. We had the greatest intangibles. We played arguably the best defense over this five-year stretch. And us and the Royals, you can look that up. And we just did what we had to do. And this year you've seen the Orioles scrap, claw, and they had some leadership around them. They're like, look, you guys, just because you're 21, who cares? I hate when people say, oh, he's young. Manny's young. Manny was 20 years old, busting his ass, creating a name now he's oh he's young he's 24 when manny already had three all-stars at this point like kiss my ass about he's young he's young hey grown man he, he got that bat you called him up it's time to do damage pure and simple and right now the orioles right now they're them young kids are up there doing damage you give them a bat they want to do damage and it's great to see the fan base is, is live right now the city is live and excited because you got a lot of young dudes not a lot of old old scrappy old dudes you got some young dudes with some fire good lookings tall so hey 
Sorry for my going off. <laughs> no, you're right. The future is bright for both the Orioles and the Terps. They're offering a lot of promise in 2023. And everything the Ravens want to accomplish is still very much in front of them as far as a run in the playoffs and maybe the big game itself. Well, this week, we don't have a best of Adam Jones rant on our best of podcast. That'd be too difficult to sort out. There have been so many great rants, but we bring you another Heckledy's rant courtesy of Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels has always made whiskey, and if they have it their way, AJ, they always will. But there's one thing Jack can't make more of. Those are moments, and those are on us to create. So let's make sure we're making the most of every moment we have. Make it count with Jack Daniels, which you have back in where you are right now. Couldn't have it last week. We'll talk about that a little later. But the floor is yours. Just it's the holiday season. Uh, I want to be very thankful for friends, family, loved ones, people, new people I met, old people I met, new golf friends, new paddle friends, uh, just new people I've just met throughout. Um, uh, my new, my new work people, new, new. We're uh, creating new friendships with all the people at the banner, and uh, you know, it's just, it's just a lot of good things moving forward towards 2023, and um, just want to just continue to spread the love, spread the positivity. You see Chippy up here. Next to the Jack, he's obviously trying to get himself a little inebriated just before, you know what I mean, the kickoff to he's got to open the present with the kids. But, no, I really want to just show my gratitude and appreciation for all the people in my personal circle, my family, my loved ones, uh, but all the people that we work with at the Banner and there and beyond, Chip, Jackson, okay, Reggie, uh, Coleman. We have such a great team, such good unity, and uh, it's been a great uh, working with you guys for the last, uh, what, four to six months, and hopefully – there and beyond, we can just create and continue just a, a lovely bond that we have and continue to talk BS and have fun. Yeah, that's what we're doing right now. We're just having fun, having a good old time, and uh, uh, just greatly appreciate everybody. Going, baby. Hey, I just met you, and this is crazy. Now we uh, make the transition into the tar pit that is social media. It's our socially speaking segment where we choose one of our best posts either via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, where you can find us on all three platform platforms. I think I got it right the second time. At Adam Jones Pod. Again, at Adam Jones P-O-D on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And for those that are social media challenged, we've created an email address. And this week, we have the right email address. Last week, I apologized to everyone who emailed the wrong email address and got, well, spam back. It's the Adam Jones pod at gmail.com. It's on the screen right now. If you're watching on YouTube, if not, pull over in the car. The Adam Jones pod at gmail.com. So a few weeks ago, we had Dan Duquette on the program, and he said this. Every day you'd come for some odd reason. I don't know why you came during my group out of the right field tunnel every single day. <laughs> and every time during my group when you came, the entire walk. You'd be dodging balls <laughs> because yeah. I said, if anybody can hit you, I give them a thousand dollars. So everybody, everybody in that whole round, like before well, you got to the dugout, would be inside out and in the hell out of balls trying to get you. Now we got a response regarding the fact that he was a target of Orioles players during batting batting practices. You revealed. We got this from at. Dat Dude Junior 29 on Twitter. He wrote about the fact that Adam revealed, as you heard, that 
these guys would try and hit Duquette intentionally during BP for a bonus. He tweeted, I haven't laughed this damn hard in a minute. A couple of laugh emojis. AU, a walking target practice, LLS, more laughing emojis. Not sure what all that means, but I think I get the point. I think I need a translator for some of these tweets. Uh, some of these acronyms, LLS, uh, I, honestly, I, I, don't, I don't know that one. Um, but AU? A Y O O. Yeah, A Y O O is A A Y O. Okay. You know, yeah, that A Y O. But the other one has to do with something with laughs. But I mean, it's so many people hit me up about this story because only people that know about it are the people in my group. Maybe maybe Jim Palmer, maybe Jim Hunter, and a couple <laughs> other people. You know, hidden coach. Because I mean, it's just funny. You you always try to do things that are just funny and on the field and. You know, that was one thing that we always tried to do. And hey, Dan, Dan always wore a suit with uh, with running shoes, so he was able to dodge himself out the way. So he, he protected himself, but he, <laughs> he was definitely a target every <laughs> do, single Do you time. think that was the first time he had heard that when you broke that story to him? Um, Honestly, I think I told him multiple times. Like <laughs> but he, he maybe forgot. I like hinted towards him or like he came and was like, hey, man, you guys trying to hit me or something like that. I was like, no, 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 man, we just... They're just late or something like that. No, but we're <laughs> just a coincidence. That's all. Oh, we were trying to hit him so bad. <laughs> so funny. All right, that does it for our first uh, of two best of podcast to end 2022. We sincerely thank you all for listening, subscribing, and writing a review. Not to mention giving us five stars if you haven't. Go out and do it, and tell a friend about this podcast. All right, five stars. That's what we need. As always, we want to thank our sponsors, Jack Daniels. Please drink responsibly. Be more around town. They have the ultimate all-inclusive pregame purple tailgate experience before every home and away game, including Caps trips coming, trips to Sarasota for spring training, trips to College Park for Maryland. Head to bemoreroundtown.com and learn more. Also, the good folks at the Wyman Company and by G-Leaf Medical Cannabis Company. Visit gleaf.com. And a reminder, check out the Baltimore banner. Six months unlimited digital access for just a buck, all you have to do is visit thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. Have a very safe 2022 N and a great beginning of the 2022. Uh, sorry. Have a very safe 2022 and be safe in 2023. And as I always say, be real, be kind. Happy holidays for everyone out there. Happy Hanukkah for the Jewish people. Happy or Merry Christmas for everyone who celebrates that. Happy Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Yeah, we'll get that out there as well. I just like to say happy holidays, and I cover all the bases. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Perfect.